Resistor Sisters. Destroying the patriarchy one podcast at a time. I haven't accomplished anything alone, but I was fortunate to be part of a revived feminist movement. I think uh, anyone who's not a feminist is is an insane person. This was not just a lewd conversation. This wasn't just locker room banter. This was a powerful individual speaking freely and openly about sexually predatory behavior. At a time when we have self-driving cars and computers that sit on your wrist, women still make only 79 cents for every dollar a man makes. And if I have to listen to one more gray-faced man with a $2 haircut explain to me what rape is, I'm gonna lose my mind. And now, Resistor Sisters. Hello, ladies. This is podcast Hello. one. Yes. Podcast number one. Heidi? Who um, are you people? Who well, are I'm, you? I'm Susan. <laughs> <laughs> AKA the Susan. Uh, and I'm Heidi. And this is Heidi I'm talking to. Well, hi, Hello. Susan Heidi. And this is Rain. <laughs> Am I? Am I, I really? So. Yeah, I think so. Yes. That's what you told me, man. I can't say. <laughs> I can tell you this. I'm not a Russian bot. Good for you. I believe you. We can well, question hello, everything. We can question everything, but we cannot question your identity. And so here we are. We're doing this podcast. It's happening. It's happening. And that's what is yeah. happening. We're we're gonna smash the patriarchy. You know, I figured we should have some high goals. I mean, maybe it won't happen overnight, but eventually we'll get to it, you know? Okay. Suze, lovely, lovely I have heard place. a rumor about you. Oh, goodness. I've heard that you're the prettiest girl in Cleveland. Oh, see, I thought I could throw that sound clip in, but Ken's like, that's what I call you. <laughs> it's kind of bad if I'm saying to my to you, I'm the prettiest girl in Cleveland. If he's well, I'm saying backing it, it's up just nice. Because that's a that's a I've the prettiest girl in Cleveland. See, I've heard that. He found it. <laughs> so that's, that's and kind of so I him also have it on good authority that Heidi is the prettiest girl in Minneapolis. Oh, maybe I don't know. <laughs> oh, just say yes. Uh, <laughs> I'm trying to think. Uh, we're not a writer. I think it's from here, if I remember correctly. Yeah, I, I met you. I met yeah. you. You're beautiful. <laughs> well, thank you. I don't have Winona Ryder's money, but you know. Yeah. You know what? I don't have Winona Ryder's. You know. Ass? Legal. Legal. Um, she got arrested. I don't right. have a record. So. Yeah. No. <laughs> I don't need no. Them. Boom. No. No. This is true. Heidi, yes. thank you for saying let's look into DACA because I educated myself on it. The reason I picked DACA, obviously, besides the fact that the scarlet scrotum keeps bugging with people, <laughs> DACA itself is always, and just in case nobody knows, DACA is Deferred Action for Childhood Arrival. Mm-hmm. And DACA is a program for children who were brought here with their parents who are undocumented workers. Um, I don't know about about the two of you, but I do not like the term illegal aliens. I don't consider anyone illegal. 
because let's be honest, if we couldn't find food for our kids or our dogs or ourselves and know where to work, we would probably do exactly the same thing. I was listening to other sound clips and other people on the internet and other presidents and Republicans, and Trump's the first kind of ones that really wants to f- break up families. It's crazy. Right. Like, at least right, right. past Republicans, even though they brought this up and brought it in, they haven't been like, let's not rip up families. Even Reagan and Bush were right. like, let's not destroy the... But, but this new president is like yeah, let's destroy the family. <laughs> like, it makes me... Right. It teared me up thinking about, I miss the days of family values. At the time of that, yeah. I couldn't stand it. But now I'm like, my God, this man's a monster. But go ahead. So many people you, you say the word, the, the, the acronym, they don't know what it means. Yeah. And I thought I knew what it meant, and I always get it wrong. Because so, I always forget what the, what the second A is. I bet if you ask Trump what it meant, he would probably have no idea. So, or what it, what it stood for? It stands for Donald Awesome Cool Awesome. <laughs> you know, I was looking at some statistics regarding DACA, and I found out something, a couple of very interesting things. A couple of things I sort of already knew, and then a couple of other things I didn't, over, I didn't know. And one of them is that 53% of DACA recipients are women. Most of them are millennials. One of the other things that you know you hear about families but most of them tend to be single not that that means anything but it, it, it's it was an interesting statistic something else that i was looking at as well is to discuss daca as it relates to things like domestic violence um human trafficking and that type of thing so, so that, and that's a lot of what i was looking at and the reason was is when when we talk about DACA, everybody puts everybody in kind of this big soup pot. It just gets mixed together, and that's what gets discussed. They and they te- and pundits tend not to speak about individual cases or even group issues. So, as far as women are concerned, the majority of DACA recipients are women. Uh, one of the issues with those women is that without the protections that DACA affords, and and this also goes to undocumented workers, is the issue of domestic violence. So if they have a domestic partner um, that is violent with them, they have very little recourse. They also have, or they could have, little recourse with the law because they're afraid to go to the police. They're afraid to... You know, they, they don't have a lot of options. And so it's it's very easy for people to exploit well, them. Here's the thing about DACA. Um, DACA recipients have to have a crystal clear, clean record. They cannot right. have anything on their record at all. And so I think that what you're saying is a really good point because DACA recipients who are experiencing domestic violence situations, they can't go to the police. They simply can't. Right. Well, because they face the other, being arrested. Right. Right. Well, and, and here's the thing, and you brought up a really good point about this. So in a situation where they are with someone who is not a DACA recipient, 
that person knows that their status is tenuous. So what that means is if they go to police and say, this DACA recipient attacked me or this, this person did XYZ or stole something or, you know, something to make a, a crime that could get you deported and off the DACA program. And if it's one of those situations where it's going, it, you know, you're, you're, you don't have a lot of recourse. I mean, there are things, you know, like if you're having a fight with your spouse and, or your, your significant other, and there are maybe physical altercation, not that that's a good thing on either side, but the other person could get you arrested for that. Domestic violence could really be a problem for you. Yeah, we're going back to it, and now you have a record. Right. You know, you're, you're no longer a DACA recipient. One of the other issues, too, is with the human trafficking. And again, this also is an issue for women and men and children who are undocumented, is that they also have that possibility that someone's going to use them in some way, um, whether it is in a um, sexual way or an exploiting versus with economic ex- exploitation, that type of thing. And it's, it's a population that is vulnerable to those types of things, um, whether they're DACA, whether they are just undocumented without the DACA protection. I do want to say briefly for anyone involved in a situation like that, um, for someone like myself that's worked in nonprofits, nonprofits and charities that help people in that situation, like I, you know, I could name a bunch in Cleveland that help people in human trafficking situations, but I don't think they're individual and they probably wouldn't go to your own city. You know, there are different organizations and they're not connected to the police or Right. Immigration, you know, so there are things out there. Right. For people that need help. Right. Well, hopefully going forward, once we get a website set up, we can put some of those links out there, even you know if what? it's just I'm, for your I'm city. I'm going to tell you because there are so many that I, I can tell you, I'm going to say this a million times. You guys are going to be so tired of me saying it, but call 211. They're your connection to all the charities in your area. And, um, oh, you know. Nice. Yeah, because it, it's United See, Way two one one. I could say that a million That's times. A good thing. See, I used to be the one that answered the phone for the two one one line. <laughs> so, I didn't know that. Wow. Oh gosh, yeah. And I was talking to people that were in human trafficking problems, in um, hung everything from someone hungry to someone that needed things for their children, and people in need. And a lot of areas don't have two one one. But you'll usually get to a 211 in your area and you'll talk to someone at United Way that will know the charities and who you can go to to talk to. Yeah, I'm really glad that you brought that up. I didn't know that. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I didn't know that either. And that's, you know, going forward, this is why I'm really glad that we have a podcast. There are options. We have this show where we can talk and share and learn. Yeah. um, And also, um, you know, I get anywhere unless we talk and share and I learn. also like donated my time to a literacy cooperative which was so much fun because it was all these people and they were learning the language and um just I met people from all over the world you know and they were just like oh, I awesome. want to conversationally talk about things so I can get more fluent and I'm like you are fluent this is my language and I can barely speak it. Listen to me stutter. 
it's really in- interesting that you're talking about language because one of the things I found out about the abuses that can go on is someone preventing that uh, immigrant, you know, whether they're a DACA recipient or not, preventing them from learning English or or taking advantage of someone's ability not to, or inability to speak English. That's actually, a, and I, I was reading that and I... I was actually kind of shy. It wasn't something that even occurred to me that that's something that I do every day, sometimes not as good as the other days, <laughs> sometimes better. Yeah. You know, it depends on, you know, depends on what I've been doing, depending how many shots of tequila I've had. <laughs> uh, but, but it, it, you know, it, it's, it's interesting to think, and, and I, it really made me, you know, thankful, I guess. I mean, it sounds so in my head, that sounds so stupid to say, but I I can't imagine having to go be in a country where I can't understand you. I can't understand the majority of people, and I'm in trouble, and I don't know who to talk to. You know, it's you know, really interesting that you guys both brought that up, because two years ago, we Bob and I went to Paris, and I tried to learn a little bit of French. <laughs> I did. I, I did. And I failed. I, I, I failed. I will be the first person to say that. But what is amazing, and this is my first trip to Europe, and, and going there, I tried to speak French. And every time I tried, pretty much all of our servers or, <laughs> or wherever we were, those people spoke English. Yeah, And they, they, appreciated, like, they appreciated the fact that I tried. Yeah, they're, they're and, like... Oh, you're right. American. Let me let me practice my English. And I'm like, Wait yes. A I thought I had a great accent, and I thought that I was speaking French. And you're like, they're like, oh, that's so cute. No, let me try to with my English. Like, oh. Oh, no, you. <laughs> no, you just that- told me that. Yeah, you thought you were ordering like a burger, and, and in reality, you were telling them that you really like your goat butt. Yeah, <laughs> no, it wasn't quite that bad. It wasn't quite that bad. <laughs> the thing that I took away from it is is that I, I live in an area in Alexandria where we butt up with a neighborhood called Arlandria, which is filled. It's filled with people from El Salvador. Yeah. And okay. m- most of them speak English and some of them don't. And right. when I came back from Paris, when they couldn't, I tried to speak what little spanish i had with them and i guess the point that i'm trying to say is that it goes a long way to try to understand another culture the way that people in paris or france tried to understand my language maybe not the culture but my language and i i I love those people i i do you know our landrians Mm -hmm. you know even though we do have a problem with the gang that that gang that Jeff Sessions and Donald Trump are obsessed with, but Uh, they come here and they try to speak English. They try. Right. And I try to speak their language and it's just, it becomes reciprocal. And I think, right. I guess the point that I'm trying to say is that we should just try to be nicer to one another. It's the first step to respect. It's the first step, you know, you know, I was going to tell you too, Rain. Actually, your story reminded me of something. Uh, 
that I've actually done as well. Um, back in the day, and back in the day is like during the during Bush Jr.'s presidency. So I, I used to be a, a banker in a um, area of St. Paul known as East St. Paul. So for anybody that's listening that's from there, East Side. Anyway, um, anyway, so the East Side of St. Paul and most of St. Paul has a very large Hmong population. So for those who don't know, the Orange Hmong blood? are, they're Hmong. So it's spelled H-M-O-N-G. Oh. So the Hmong fought with us against Vietnam or against the Vietnamese, the Viet Cong during Vietnam War. And because they fought with the American soldiers, they lost their homeland. They were kicked out of Cambodia, parts of Vietnam, yada, yada. And they were put into camps and both Republican and Democratic senators and Congress folks, because they did this for us during the Vietnam War, gave them the opportunity to move to the United States as a it's convoluted, but basically it's refugee status. It's so instead very of to the El Salvadorians, right? So instead of right yeah, so kind of like Somalia too, kind of the same idea. I think I think they come the same sort of kind of the same way. Anyway, with them, and so their migration to Minnesota and and. Um, Minnesota and California have the largest Hmong populations in the country. So the Hmong speak, there's two different dialects, white Hmong and green Hmong. So it just really depends. And I can actually tell the difference that one's language, same language, but the way that they speak it is much more guttural. And one is a little bit more, right, it's more melodic. They're saying the same words. It's kind of the difference between a really thick Jersey accent and a Southern accent. Sure. Same idea. Oh, hell no. Uh, I, you just, no, no. <laughs> uh-uh. You just threw down some serious shit. Okay. Okay. I'm from Minnesota. I have an accent. I know this. I Dave I'm always makes fun of me because I know New Jersey accent, sister. If we're going to bash the patriarchy, you... we need to get over this issue now. <laughs> All right, I gotta ask something. You know, I gotta ask something um, about this whole thing, Heidi. Minnesota is like oh. fascinating, and it's great, and you've got the lakes there. What would drive them to? But it's cold. Like it's not. Mm-hmm. It's crazy cold. Like it's colder than here. Like, why would they right. be drawn to that area of the country versus any other? Yeah. So, is it is it similar it to was, their homeland weather or no? No, I would no, say not. Even... So, part of it is, or part of it was, because the senators, Congress people in Minnesota were like, "Hey, we like immigrants. <laughs> we we built our." We built, you know, we're all immigrants. Why not more bring more over? Good. And because yeah. of what they did, they felt very, um, they they felt like they had a connection. You know, they yeah. helped these people. You know, they, they did a lot for the United States. We wanted to thank them. Um, in Northeast Minneapolis, where I live, back at the turn of the century, and by turn of the century, I don't mean from 
from the 2000s. I mean, the, you know, from 1901, blah, yeah. blah. Um, After the gay 90s century. in 1890. The gay 90s. Right. Oh, my God, I love yeah. that. Don't make me sing a song about it yeah. that I know from choir in high school, okay? Oh, I want to make you, I want I want her to sing that oh, song. Oh, I'll sing it. No, no, I won't. Sing it. <laughs> Funnily enough, we have a, we have a, bar here called the gay 90s but that story for a different time anyway <laughs> so right, around that, that future <laughs> <laughs> around that time frame the and, and it continued to the job to the kennedy administration yeah there were jobs the city fathers the, yeah, the city fathers started naming all the street names in northeast minneapolis after presidents and mm-hmm. the reason they did that is because when you took your citizenship test, you had to know the president. Oh, so immigrants see. could walk from Washington to Kennedy, and they would be able to, re- you know, to remember them because of the how, because of the walking. So they yeah. would be able. I mean, so that's how that it was worked. helping. Yeah. So we have, yeah. So we have that in our history. So. They moved to St. Paul, and when I worked as a banker, and they were still getting new immigrants in smaller batches, so they had, some of them had lived in this camp for years, like a decade or more. But so when they would come over, back, you know, so when the little batches would come over, we had Hmong American Partnership that worked closely with the bank I worked at, and we would teach them things like how to use an ATM, Sure. What a bank I've been account helping means. our seniors in Cleveland with that, you know, just like, okay, yep. here's what you push, you know. Yep. And for these these folks, I mean, imagine you've lived your entire and maybe not your entire life, but at least the last 10, 20 years of your life in a camp. And it sounds wow. like it is. It's a camp. It's not a house. You don't have running water. But now you can get money out of the wall. <laughs> yeah. And I, see, I mean, and that's, yeah. you know, I, you know, you put the card in and then, you know, because what I would do is I would show them, this is what you do. You pr- pr- put your PIN number in and this is what's going to happen. And I would have, I don't know, half a dozen, a dozen people, only, you know, just like, wow. And in my head, I'm like, what is so exciting? And then it's like, it dawns on me, oh my God. I'm taking this for granted. And it's one of those moments in my life where I'm like, okay, you're an idiot. You know, what are you thinking? Of course they haven't seen this. To you, it's normal. To them, it's like, holy shit, the wall is giving me money. So The streets are paved with gold here, and the walls are giving me money. Yeah. Right. So, you know, it's, it's one of those things where it's perspective. What is your perspective? And their perspective was, holy shit, the wall. Um, a completely different wall than the wall that we're talking about um, <laughs> in the news. But, you know, so that viewpoint and the way, so, so whenever we talk about immigration, that is one of those things I always talk about or think about. And the other is my mother is an immigrant from Germany. Um, sure. She came over here in the late 50s. She met my dad. Um, they moved over here, but she moved over here knowing no English. So they actually would every, however long, you know, like a couple times a week, my dad would go down to the down, downtown library here in downtown Minneapolis, pick up some books, and he'd bring them home, and he'd read them to her and show her how do you say cat, you know, what is cat, what is whatever. 
Um, and he has a story about one day that he went down there. It was November 22nd, 1963. And he was <laughs> in the library. And he went, they went to the car after getting these books. And Kennedy was shot. And oh, all the cars in front of him stopped. And, you know, so it's, it's one of those things that those things are really etched in my head. Um, whenever we talk about immigration or, or you know, so all those people, you know, my mother, um, the wonderful people in East St. Paul that I've met, um, you know, and, and all the other races that I've met because of something like that. You know, we have a very large Somali population here as well um, that people like to, you know, uh, say all kinds of terrible things are going to happen to us because we have Somali people here. Um, but so, but all of these people that I've met are just wonderful people. They work their asses off and that's, you know, and their stories are different, you know, among immigrant stories, a bit different than one from Somalia is, is different than somebody from Mexico or El Salvador, but they all came here for one purpose and that's to make their lives better sure. and so you know but so that, that's it, the it's, thing, it's like, one of those things i've read articles and regardless of the the current governments or the president's dislike of people coming from other countries that people from other countries really support and help the economy you know Right. And, and make it better. And that's why 90 years, 90, 110 years ago, they were saying, oh, come to this area, come to this area, because that supports mm -hmm. and helps the economy. So well, I just think it's, yeah. it's based on hate that our president is saying, no, this is no good, you know. So oh, it's, it's totally it's based on hate. It's yeah. totally based and on And it's racism. fear of the other. Uh, hide right. And the other. Yeah. You brought up a really good yeah. point. The fact that the fact that for, for many years, and, and Heidi just laid it out really well, that, you know, different, different areas of the country said, yes, we welcome you, this particular mm -hmm. group. And yes, we welcome right. you, this particular group. Here, here right. in Alexandria, you know, the El Salvadorians, we welcome you. The fact right. that this president right now... Is saying no. It, what? Is saying no... It's disgusting because here's right. the thing. I think it's kind of a bad financial, financial like thing for him to do. Actually, well, it's a bad I have the numbers thing, for that. There you go. But wait, wait, wait. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I do have the numbers for that, actually. Funny you should ask. Um, <laughs> so I actually look to see what it does cost or what it would cost. Definitely. We've got 10 minutes till we go to break. So go ahead, Heidi. I took it from two different, the, the conservative estimate and the less than conservative estimate. So the deportations of DACA, and I'm talking all DACA recipients, which is between like 690, I guess, is, are currently in the program to that 800,000 number you, you hear. And those are people who dropped out. Either they went back to their country or they are now citizens legally. It will cost if they are supported anywhere between 280 and 400 billion dollars and that is lost revenue that you know because those people work they buy products whatever that might you know they buy toilet paper at target here's here's something they, that's interesting you know here's something i i want to point this out i know that lindsey graham is not one of our favorite people in the world <laughs> 
He's so awful. Oh, Lindsay. He's not, yeah. but he was <laughs> the only Republican candidate running for president that said this country needs immigrants. Yes, they do. He's the only one who said that, though. He said that. Right. And and, and that's and, why and I think this current Republican Party is not conservative and they're not financially they're, smart. No. No, no they're not. No, that, no, they're a cult. Yeah. Can we just... Yes. Going forward with our next shows, can we just call them a cult? Yeah, Ken was calling them a cult. <laughs> yeah. I think Ken was the first to start calling them a cult. God damn I think he cult. was, right, and I'm with was. him. And I was like, I'm well, with you him on that. Something there, you because they don't there. stand for anything. They don't stand for anything. They don't even stand for Republican women. No, they they may dress oh, conservatively, no, but they don't they don't oh. do anything else conservative. They're not sexually conservative. They're oh, not monetarily no, conservative. I don't hear one damn one of them no. saying Donald Trump should be just ashamed because and, of the fact that Melania doesn't Trump even... doesn't like to fly on the trains any uh, planes anymore because of Stormy Daniels' turbulence. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, except for one Republican woman, Anna Navarro. I follow her on Twitter. I watch her on CNN. I love that woman. She yeah, I like her too. Yeah, like amazing. She, she, I'm just like every time she talks, I'm like, oh, I love her. Like, yeah, yes, mm-hmm. but, but I she love gets me her. Teary-eyed. Yes, that's but I, I love her, mother. Yeah. I love her. Yeah, every time she and, talks, and like I'm like, she's making me cry. Make her not talk. This Take her keep talking. This is something that I think going forward we can talk about, and I, I would like to talk about this on this show about you know Republicans with a spy because Anna Navarro is one. Um, oh yeah, she she is all up Nicole in his Wallace. business. There's Nicole. Wallace, oh, I love her too. Steve Schmidt. Yeah, and there's also Michael oh. Steele. Yes, yes, I, and every time that I see Michael Steele, he you can just tell he's like, what the fuck has happened to my party? I mean, and let's be honest, when when Obama was president, Michael Steele gave him a lot of grief. But I think because he's a Republican, Heidi. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. I had a conversation with a friend of mine today. I don't agree with them on their Republicanism. I don't agree with them on 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 many many stands. I just I don't agree with that. So many things. The thing is, is that I respect them. Yeah. And I would like to have a lot more Republicans out there that I respect. Mm. Because if we can respect. Republicans again, we can get back to normal. You know, Rain, yes. you're a mad dreamer thinking you want to respect your politicians. If I can just <laughs> I am, I am wait a second, dreamer. wait a minute, what are we talking about? No, that's oh, oh. wait, that's supposed oh, to be a position where you do respect. Oh, shoot. <laughs> what has happened? What has happened? I, re- I do. I don't agree what with has them. happened to our country? I don't oh. agree. I mean, you know, when it comes to Anna Navarro, I completely disagree with her on her, her on her stance with um, Cuba. When it comes right. to when it comes to okay, you Michael Steele, um, we've got five minutes. Timby's purring loudly into the microphone to tell you we've got right, five well, minutes before we break. Timby needs to sit back. I got something to say. Okay. Listen to him. Um, oh, when God, it comes to so Michael cute. Steele, I disagree with him about his his financial conservatism. 
when it comes right. to, to um, Schmidt, I disagree with him. He's the one who gave us... <clears throat> caribou caribou gave Barbie? Us caribou Barbie. And, yeah. you know, so I can disagree with them on, the, on many things. I want to be able to disagree with Republicans and still respect them. And I have a really strong feeling that there's a lot of people out there that want that, too. And I yeah. think that's why I was getting a yeah. little choked up when I was listening to um, to Reagan and Bush talk about immigration because they were respectful right. towards real people. Right. Yeah, I didn't yeah, know right. it at the time, and I'll yes. take blame for that. <laughs> right. I didn't know it at the time. Isn't it, isn't, isn't it frightening that we wax nostalgic about Bush Jr.? Holy fuck, <laughs> what is happening? Yeah. Oh, my God. I, I mean, at least with during his presidency, I didn't wake up every morning, turn on, the, turn on CNN, and think, okay, are we dead? Okay, is there news coming our way? Actually, oh, oh, did 53 oh, did. different no. countries demand an apology from our president I mean, I, that won't I mean, be quiet? I know we, we've got three minutes uh, left. I'm, I'm not going to forgive George W. Bush for the wars. Oh, no. Yeah, no, me neither. Not. But, but I, yeah, I mean, believe me, he had shit. But, but Susan's right with the immigration yes. thing. I mean, he was, he and Reagan, I... I can't remember what his dad said about it, truthfully. Um, but Ray, both Reagan and he were, were, you know, we need to do something for these people. They have, they're here. Yeah. They work hard. They do this. They do that. And my my, my issue, and I'm going to use the word that nobody likes. I'm really going to use it, and I apologize ahead of time. Um, you know, I read. I'm a student of history. I read a lot of history. And all I can think we of is this, this is like the Hitler beginning, blah, blah, you know, where they get rid of the undesirables, and I'm using air quotes. It's ugly. It's fascism. It's, 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 it's beginning, yeah. beginning fascism 101. Sure. Take a look at right. the fucking ice people. They're the brown shirts. So I yep. said the word for fucking. Oh, cakes. my God. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I know, but, you know, people are just like, oh, you can't use the word Hitler because as soon as you use the word Hitler, your whole argument is that, oh, for fuck's sake, that's not. Uh, in, yeah. in this instance, I'm using it in the correct term. I'm not just calling you Hitler because I don't agree with you. Heidi. So I'm just pointing that Heidi. out. Yeah. Heidi. Yeah. I am yeah. calling ice people brown shoes. Oh, no. I, yeah, I okay. completely agree. Fuck Hitler. Yeah. I, he's... <laughs> I hear you. <laughs> um, Look at what they're doing. They, they're they deporting, like, doctors. <laughs> yeah, doctors. I, I know, um, we have to go to break, yeah. but... We do. Sorry. We have to go to break. Stop apologizing. I just said it. Fuck I, them all. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I agree. Hey, so do I. It's one of my top five favorite words. So stop apologizing for it. All right, guys. <laughs> That's your first segment. Here we go. Love you, sister. You're listening to Resistor Sisters. Remember what De Beauvoir wrote in Le Deuxième Sex? The concept of womanism is invented to oppress us. Man, you guys are so smart. Oops, I just called you guys guys. Sorry. And 
Can I say man? Boy, this is hard. Now I said boy. Oh, brother, help me. Don't touch that dial. We'll be right back with Resistor Sisters. Well, hello there. This is Kenny Pick. Thanks for listening to Indie Media Weekly. Be sure to check out my show, Turn Up the Night with Kenny Pick, live every Tuesday and Friday from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern, right here on Indie Media Weekly. For those who dare. You are listening to Indie Media Weekly. I am Michelle Lagan. I am Miles Lagan. We both are co-hosts of Mike Check Radio, along with host Adam Heber. I'm a little bit D&D. I'm a little bit Star Wars. Together with Adam, we cover politics and most things in the nerd universe. Join us on Saturdays from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern here on Ending Media Weekly. All the power without the tower. Hi, I'm Tim Cormall, host of The Tim Cormall Show. And I'm Joe Santorsa, co-host and head mechanic of the Clown Car Garage. Each week, our guests join a roundtable discussion of the political news of the week and peek into the GOP circus tent. And of course, no circus is complete without clowns. And each week, I inspect the clown car to see what obnoxious fumes they have been spreading all around the country. So join us each week. Admission is free, but just one word of caution. If you see the GOP clown car, get out of the way. They're terrible drivers. Hey, Joe, what was that? Uh, I think we just lost another clown car. Tune in for the Tim Coromall Show on Indie Media Weekly Radio, Mondays and Wednesdays at 8.30 a.m. Eastern, right here on Indie Media Weekly Radio. IndieMediaWeekly.com Extraterrestrial radio, all the power without the tower. Get ready for the fastest two hours in radio. Listen to Paul's Memory Bank live every Monday from 8 to 10 p.m. Eastern right here on Indie Media Weekly. Your DJ, Paul, will serve up a mix of classic rock, pop, and novelty music all tied together with a weekly theme. That's Paul's Memory Bank every Monday from 8 to 10 p.m. Eastern exclusively on Indie Media Weekly. Extraterrestrial radio, all the power without the tower. Hey, this is Brad Friedman from bradblog.com and the Bradcast, heard right here on Indie Media Weekly. Thanks for supporting truly independent media, right here on Indie Media Weekly. Yeehaw! Sunday, 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 come on down to Southern Progressive Revival to hear the best and worst of Southern politics once again. We've got all brand new episodes for the low, low price of 100% free and tons of extras, including guests, rants, and flustered hosts and co-hosts. Think your credit ain't good enough? We don't care. Think you don't have nothing to hear since you ain't from the South? Well, that ain't right. You reckon that Yankee pick feller's got more class than us? Well, that might be true. But let's do this. Come listen to Southern Progressive Revival live every Sunday from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern on Indie Media Weekly, Extraterrestrial Radio, all the power without the tower. Come now and we'll throw in a free pine tree air freshener. Wow. Resistor Sisters. Destroying the patriarchy one podcast at a time. Smash. Smash, smash, smash. Hi, this is Susan in Cleveland. Heidi in Minnesota. Hello. Hello. And Rain in Washington, D.C. I am so happy to be with the two prettiest girls in Cleveland and Heidi's city. Which is Minnesota. (laughs) It's her state. (laughs) 
Minneapolis. Well, I said it's Minneapolis. You can do this that many times. <laughs> you can do it. You can do it. But oh, this, that's hilarious. But I want to tell you guys about this man that tried to destroy things with a truck. A guilty plea today from the man who crashed into the FBI gate on the south side. Thomas Ross was sentenced to five to ten months in jail and three years probation to follow. He was credited with time served and then released. Prosecutors say that he refused to pull over, then sped down East Carson Street in July of 2016. He yelled that he had a bomb before crashing into the gate. Aww. That's just not very effective. Just not very effective when you want to destroy something. And, you know, the FBI kind of frowns upon that. Just a little. Yeah. He just, I just don't find that the way to, um, you know, screaming you have a bomb is not an effective way to make change. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just going to say this. This is why men are bad. <laughs> Come on. Get your well, crap together. I, I mean, if you're going to crash into the FBI, get a plan together, do it. <laughs> well, not all men are terrible. It just seems like most of these stories tend to be about men. No, well, most of them are. I, I, are I know firsthand experience. Most of them are terrible. <laughs> See? Ken, right Except, Except for that, that woman dude, who was... That dude, he's terrible. He didn't come up with a plan. Yeah. He no. didn't have an end game. He didn't... <laughs> no, there was no plan. He didn't even write a note to his mother. No. No. He didn't have a plan. You know, he, didn't, the only... he didn't read the anarchist cookbook. He didn't The know. cookbook. Damn. <laughs> I had the anarchist cookbook. You do not. I stole it from the library. I did. Oh. When I was in my 20s, I stole it from the library. Because... We had, I mean, uh, there's a, there was a bookstore. I stole it from the bookstore. Well. I know that's really bad karma, but. You would buy that with cash. Nobody should buy that with a credit card. Doesn't that just flag you to the FBI? They're like, okay, someone bought, like someone bought, I would imagine someone bought the anarchist cookbook, obviously. Like, I mean, if you bought it with cash, it's unchaseable, right? But I don't know. That yeah, only, I mean it was only seventy five cents. That would only, that would only be more punk rock if you did it in Berkeley. <laughs> no, no, but I, I was wearing combat boots when I stole it. So, <gasps> yay! <laughs> pictures, you know, pictures. I was going to say that. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's awesome. So yeah, yeah. So. I didn't know about the anarchists. Anarchists cookbook. You never heard of that? Yeah, until, so it kinda... until I met Bob. So we got yeah. together, and you know, so he brought his books in. I brought and my he books read to in, you out of he... the anarchist cookbook on your first date. And he was like, <laughs> "Hey, baby, let me tell you about this." And you're like, "Oh, I like him." Yeah, it was kind of <laughs> like that. That's what happens. <laughs> and, and, but. <laughs> no, because if you've ever actually read it, it kind of reads like the TV show MacGyver, you know, like oh. you, uh, what was it, Sugar and Drano and like aluminum foil or some crap. I mean, that's how they would you, blow shit up. 
Here's yeah, the thing. something about styrofoam and gasoline, I would imagine. I know this is That's not my brother tried public. to burn everything when he was a child, but that's another story. Right. Are you trying to help <laughs> the next guy with a pickup truck or something here? I own. You know what? This all went wrong. That's all went wrong. <laughs> Your brother sounds a little bit like Bob because I know this isn't going out. My brother's the, name is you know, Bob. That's so weird oh that God. you said that like that. So here's the thing. Bob had the anarchist cookbook, and when we got together, I was like, "What the fuck is with this um, gunpowder?" <laughs> gunpowder. <laughs> I never read and it. And Bob was like, "Oh, I forgot about that." <laughs> and I was like, "Well, maybe we need to have a conversation." <laughs> <laughs> you're like, you're not the kind of guy that's going to drive a car into the FBI, right? Right. Yeah. Hmm. He did drive one of his gunpowder. Anyway, it ran underneath a police car in Palmyra, New York. <laughs> oh. <laughs> wow, that's interesting. Crime that's kind of badass. <laughs> so anyway, next anyway. up, I would like to talk about the fact that we had so many victim impact statements regarding Larry Nasser, the guy who for 20, maybe 30 years was the University of Michigan's doctor and was also the doctor for the united states olympic gymnastics committee he molested them mm. this guy is lucky he's going to jail for 175 years yep wow it's up today all right you ready for the clip i am okay Larry, you do realize now that we, this group of women you so heartlessly abused over such a long period of time, are now a force and you are nothing. He was allowed to treat us in hotel rooms alone without any supervision. He took photos of us during training and whenever else he wanted. Nobody was protecting us from being taken advantage of. You made me believe that you were my friend. You deceived me. You manipulated me. And you abused me. I truly believe that you're the spawn of Satan. He progressed from exposure to masturbating in front of me while playing hide-and-go-seek, rubbing his bare penis on my bare feet, and penetrating my vagina with his fingers. You manipulated us to trust you because you're a doctor, and doctors do no wrong, only heal. You are not a healer. So my naive 15 and 16-year-old self thought that maybe it was normal and acceptable for him to put his ungloved hands into and onto places throughout my body that may not have been okay. Your Honor, I ask you to give Larry the strongest possible sentence which his actions deserve, for by doing so you will send a message to him and to other abusers that they cannot get away with their horrible crimes. Perhaps you have figured it out by now, but little girls don't stay little forever. They grow into strong women that return to destroy your world. And and that's, yeah, that's I'm, what I, happens. People come up and they, they talk about it, and it's good, you know? It's crazy that he was so abusive as he was. Here's the thing, that the first woman, and I can't remember her name off the top of my head right now, um, she, the first woman who came out and spoke against this, um... There were Allie Raisman? No, 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 no. Okay. It was... I'm sorry. And going forward, I'll do better research. Um, <laughs> the, first, the first woman who came out and spoke against this faced ridicule 
from the, the university. But the bottom line here is that every single one of these women, and they are young women. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's really important. They are young women came up and came out and spoke against this monster. And today on Twitter, when he got his, when he got his, when the judge threw down, it's like, you're, you're yeah. going away. Um, there was a lot of men on Twitter who, who had something to say about the judge saying that she was too mean. She Fuck was that. Too, she was too <laughs> mean. He's because, lucky. He, wait a minute. He's lucky he left the courtroom with his balls intact and not uh, stuffed on his throat. I'm Stop. with you. I'm with you. They literally came out and they had problems with the fact that she said, I am giving you your death sentence. And oh. a ton of men on Twitter said that this was not appropriate. Well, Ken. Oh, just, fuck that. <laughs> Ken just gave me this, Sorry. this headline and it said, Rachel Denhollerander. Den yes, Hollerander was the first yes. woman to accuse Larry Nasser, and she receives a standing ovation in the courtroom. Yes. Yes. So that was yes. January twenty fourth. Yes, she was the very yeah. first one who came out. And and there were people, I think it was the from the gymnastics committee who who they were passing around like little cards saying, We support Larry. Mm-hmm. And this woman this woman persisted. Yeah. She persisted. Yeah. In spite of the fact that everybody decided, you know, they just didn't want to hear her. And now we have over a hundred victim impact statements from this monster. And that's so creepy because how many times did he do things if there's a hundred women ready to come forward? Like how many are like in the shadows going, I can't talk about this. I mean, there must be more even. It's so it creepy. Is, there was, it probably is. Yeah, there was, at least, there was at least 140 that either testified, gave some sort of impact statement, victim impact statement, or is wow. are known but didn't. Wow. Um, but didn't, over didn't 100. The one that kept persisting. Right. Yeah, so what, was what, the one. Right. So what happened was they, they were telling people and they were doing the, oh, you're, you're insane. This isn't happening. And the Olympic, uh, whatever it's called, the uh, U.S. Olymp- Olympic Gymnastics, whatever. Uh, I'd look it up, but I don't care what the hell they're called. They're assholes. Um, well, they they, they just kind of resigned. Yeah, well, they poo-pooed. They, it was, it's so, there's a lot of, of the same sweep it under the rug that happened with the Jerry Sandusky case at Penn State. And um, really where you brought that up. Yeah, really glad so, they, because so they they I, did a lot of that. I literally, Heidi, I saw today on Twitter people trying to say, why is this more important than the Sandusky case? <laughs> well, the Sandusky case, well, and, and by the way, I'm, I'm working only from the numbers that were out, not the numbers that it probably is, because I think typically you say, 10%, what is it, 10 to 20% of rape, rape victims and molestation victims come forward in a case like this? And by come forward, I don't mean to your mom or your friend. I mean in, public, in a case in like public. this. It's yeah. a very, right, in public. So 
if that's true and there's 140 people who have been able to come through and, you know, gymnastics, you could have, it, 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 he was a doctor, he was a team doctor. So his, the people he was able to molest was a smaller, right, was a smaller group, but there's also university women, not just Olympic athletes that have come forward and said he did something. So that pool is much larger. For Jerry Sandusky, I believe, if, I'm, if I remember correctly, there was 13 boys that came forward. So multiply that by, you know, 10. You know what that number is. If you multiply 140 by 10, you know what that is. Much larger. But my thing is, that, right, I, I mean, I don't want to get into a, this is worse, this is worse. They're both absolutely horrific. They're both terrible. Um, right. They're both terrible. And, both, and it's an abuse of trust. Men- it's an abuse of trust. Yes. The right. But it's, I've, yeah, seen, it's, I've seen on Twitter, I've seen on Twitter, people literally trying to say that the Sandusky case was worse. Why was it worse? Because it was from men. <laughs> of course. I'm not lying to you about this. No, I, I know. I know. About this. I know. Well, here's here's the thing. Here's a, one of the things I'm going to ask and you. This is and this you, is, you this can is answer- part of the patriarchy that I do right. not like. Right. But here's here's a question for you. Remember back to the Sandusky case, right? And if you watch television at all, I don't know how many stand-ups I saw with, um, you know, whoever it was back. If it was still Anderson Cooper, was or you know, people would be outside, you know, Happy Valley talking about, you know, and of course. I, yes, I understand Joe Paterno, yada, yada, yada. But these are Olympic athletes that were the victims. So there are names in there that if you have watched the Olympics, you would recognize those names. So here we have victims who are, and I'm going to do air quotes, famous. And on the other hand, you have, and, and by the way, Joe Paterno was never accused of molesting anybody. And no, from, from my knowledge, he never... Out. Right, he didn't do anything. Yeah. So it really, and, and and he didn't molest them. Jerry Sandusky did. Jerry Sandusky, even uh, you know, you know, his child, the whole thing. You know, he, he if you read some of the books about this case, he groomed them. Um, the son that he molested, he uh, spent years, you know, being nice to the kid, and then because of the kid's situation, he talked mom into having, you know, to adopting him. I mean, this is some sick shit. Yeah. So, I mean, it was huge, ugly pattern. But here's here's the issue. 140 women and that girls is, don't, yeah. don't matter as much as 13 boys. Wow, That's the point yeah. that I'm trying to make. Yeah. That's exactly the point that I'm trying to make. Those women, those young women, a lot of them were young women. And at least right. one of them committed suicide. Sure. Mm. Yeah. If I could interject Never. real quick, there's, there, I think there's one really important thing that the judge did is he wanted a letter to be released uh, declaring his innocence, but she mm. didn't. She went through and she read portions of it um, during it the sentencing. <laughs> And yeah. yeah, and then she she ripped it up and threw it away. But one of the really a couple of the really important things that she read is that he said what I did in state cases was medical, not sexual. And he went on to say, yes. um, I was a good doctor because my treatments worked. The judge came back and said, you had all the time in the world to prepare 
evidence that this these were medical treatments and you never submitted that information Mm -hmm. so yes for even and and again this is you know i'm important i'm a man i'm a doctor i'm good at what i do and i did not do anything you know so i thought that was really important go ahead i'm glad you brought that up because he is exactly he is exactly everything that when women talk about the patriarchy and when women talk about me too and when we talk about time's up he is exactly what we're talking about he is no different than freaking harvey weinstein as right. a matter yeah. of fact he's worse so, yeah. he's worse right because he went after kids who are five and six years old Ugh. for decades Right. This guy, this guy is lucky to have his life, and I welcome him suffering. Mm-hmm. Our, well, our the, friend the other Trisic, thing, our friend, hold on, hold our our friend Trice oh, sure. said he got 175 years, and he said I would be surprised if he survived 175 mm-hmm. days. Mm. Yeah. Well, that, I mean that'll happen where they they. The, the attitude that they have going in is I'm not guilty. And then they get into prison. I mean, remember he's a child molester and he's a, a sexual molester. I don't, I don't know if they, they had him for, I know they had him for like child porn and all kinds he's of stuff. An, like that. Yeah, wow. that was his, that was his first, that was his first conviction. Mm. He, right. So he's he, an abuser so, I mean, of children. He's a pedophile. Right. Right. So he is not, I mean, if he's put in general population, considering I am, although I'm assuming he wouldn't be, um, he's not going to have an easy con of it. But one of the other interesting things about this case is that he sent the, because she was allowing, the judge was allowing the, um, all of the um, victims to read out loud victim impact statements. And I think it was Monday he sent a letter to the judge saying, I shouldn't have to sit here and listen to this. Um, I shouldn't yeah. have to, you know, like it's redundant. Yeah, I heard like about it's redundant. that. I felt like, you know, and, go hold your and little she pretty much said, and suck on it. Right. Yeah. I mean, she, she pretty much said, yeah, go fuck off and you're going you're gonna to sit here and listen. And if I had my way, I'd make you listen twice. But, um, but so, I mean, I, you know, I don't want to belittle anyone's, um, and I know this is a triggering topic for some people, but there is no, his is worse than mine because I'm a girl, boy, whatever, man, woman. It is horrendous, horrible, right, right, horrific, no matter what. But when you have two situations that are similar in that we're talking sports-related, one is male victims and, you know, a male perpetrator, one is female victims and a male perpetrator, which one's getting more press? And by that, I, I mean, I wasn't turning on CNN and having watching stand-ups from outside the courtroom. Um, they, would, they would talk about it, but it wasn't segment after segment after segment like it was with Terry Sandusky. Yeah. Um, That's a very so, and I, I, Right. So, and, you, know, you, can, you know, the excuse can always be there. Well, but it didn't have anything to do with Joe Paterno. Well, technically, none of this had much to do with him except for the fact he didn't say anything. Joe Paterno never touched little kids. Yeah. So, you know, so, and... and Here's the thing. Can I, can I make it really clear, mm-hmm. if, if you don't mind me just diluting this? 
when it came to Sandusky and Joe Paterno, it had to do with boys. Yeah. And right. we have a media that is mostly run by men. And so, therefore, that got coverage. All right. I, I'm not afraid to say that. Right. That got a lot of coverage. This story, it got, it got coverage, but it didn't get the coverage it needed until the victim impact statements. Right. Until, and it's until all over the then, news. nobody knew what the fuck was going on. Sure. Right. Yeah. I don't yeah. think that's I mean, an unfair thing to say. Yeah. How long has this trial been going on? Do you know? <laughs> Actually, to be honest with you, I don't. Thank you, media. Well, I, I, I mean, here, here's what I would tell you. It would have to have been going on for months because if you have 140 freaking victims and you have over 100 impact statements in my head, that would mean that all of them had to have at least testified in uh, for the prosecution in some in some way. Right. Right, because they don't, because you don't get to do a victim impact statement unless you've been before the court. I mean, I'll, I'll so, be honest with you. Here in the D.C. region, I heard about this story a couple of months ago. I don't know if it was right. covered nationally. I heard it locally, and I was like, "Oh, right. this is really nasty." But the bottom line is that you know, once the Sandusky story broke, and it broke way before we knew any of the details. Right. It was all over the place. This story, right. no, didn't really, didn't happen that way. Because once again, right. um, women, women just don't seem to rate the same as boys when it comes to horrible stories about abuse. Right. And so, I know that sounds mean, and yeah, I know that sounds sad, but the Sandusky story, because it was Penn State, mm -hmm. it, it just... Right. It's Penn State. It was football. It was football. And, 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 yes. and I think that that had something to do with it because it's a sport that you had turn on your TV on Saturday from, what, September through, like, December and or November, and there they are. And I think um, there's, they a, wear those there's, blue a, uniforms. there's yeah. a we should defend our boys kind of things. And we should wrap this story yeah. up. Any other um, final thoughts, Rain? No, I'm done. I um, I'm gonna tell you this really quick. Did you know that Roe v. Wade is turning 45? It was yesterday. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You knew about it. Good. Um. Well, there yeah. was this thing in Bust.com, and it, it was really I thought it was inspiring, and it was just this um different activists um posing in in pro-abortion shirts and uh, clothing. For um, shout my abortion hashtag shout my abortion, which I thought was really neat, and I don't know if it's kind of a interesting topic for me, but um, Liz Winstead, am I saying your name yes. right? Yeah. yeah, from Lady Parts Justice, like posed like a fashion model, and I just thought it was so cool, you know. And um, I don't know if you can Liz is from here. I know. Did and you know she, that she's I from Minneapolis? Yeah. Wow, I did. I knew you know. I did not know that she was from that area. Yeah, but she looks. She yes, has a yeah, shirt she used said, to do comedy. Yeah, she has a shirt that said "Abortion is pro life," and I I went with my best friend and we we saw her comedy tour and yeah, she's she wonderful. even came to uh, Lakewood, which was fun, you know. So she's, she's um, awesome. Yeah, and she's just is quoted and she says, "My abortion doesn't define me. It is something I had. It's not who I am. Who I am is a very happy, fulfilled person with." And access to abortion care helped me 
make that possible. And she looks you know really what? great. You know, there's a lot of other activists with pictures. I'm, that are really I'm cute. with Liz. I'm with Liz. She's a friend of mine. Mm-hmm. And I, going forward on this podcast, I am more than willing to say I did not have just one abortion. I had two. And, and that's great. That's what the whole like coming forward and saying shout my abortion is about. And that the one. Yeah. And did you know she was in a fashion spread, though? I'm not surprised. No. <laughs> I didn't know that, but I'm not surprised. I think it's cool, you know? And it's like the one girl it's has cool. a purse and it has stitched on it. Abortion is normal. <laughs> and it's it's just really inspiring, you know? It is. It is. So and, you all should... I, Kenny knows because I'm on his show. I'm mm-hmm. telling you, I just feel like if you want an abortion, have one. Don't let anybody make you feel bad about it. Just go get it. It's yeah, and easy. I was I was saying that ten years ago, people should be able to you know get their abortion safe and and have a order of fries with that. And he was yes! like, "What? That's crazy." Well, you know, I I believe the old adage that if men men could have you know if men could get pregnant, there'd be an abortion clinic next to every garage on sure. every street corner. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, but uh, you they, know what? Men could get pregnant. They can. <laughs> they can. Well, yeah, they can. Yeah. It's like that one guy. Some, it's that one guy. Yeah, you can like, do some extra plumbing. Yeah. <laughs> that Arnold Schwarzenegger <laughs> movie was not a documentary. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a Tuma. Anyway. <laughs> I, I, but to be honest with you, Heidi. I, I get what you're saying, but I I am so over that if men could do this, then this could happen. I'm tired of that bullshit. Mm-hmm. I, I, I just, I really am, because guess what? We are women. We can get abortions whenever the hell we want. And we I, would be, like, yes. I would like for us to figure out a way when women want abortions and they can't afford it, we make sure that we get a way to make sure that they have money for it. And we had those ways. Yes. And I've talked to people in that situation. And you should call yes. 211. Um, because See? 211. <laughs> yes. Maybe we should call the show the 211. No, seriously. Um, th- there used to be tons of places. Now there's only two in Cleveland. And we it's a big in all of Cuyahoga County where you can get an abortion. Two. That's it. Two clinics. That's sad. But, um, yes. yeah, and they bring up in bus, they go, in spite of the fact that 7 out of 10 women support legal abortion, um, we're one dead or retired S- Supreme Court justice away from the end of Roe versus Wade. Roe, yeah. Roe versus Wade. Right. Which is scary. You know what I mean? Like, and I never thought about it that way. Somebody yeah. Yeah. We are. retires, somebody dies. What? Everything no. could change. It's, ca- that, it's scary. That's Yeah, that's why everybody, every woman that feels like us needs to make sure they're on the um on the list for organs for the notorious B-A-R-B-G, Bruce Bader Ginsburg <laughs> so in case so, she needs like sure a the kidney RG doesn't need my ovaries i am you know well she probably wouldn't need that but you know if but she <laughs> may need you know a kidney maybe like part of a lung you know maybe that kind of thing you know. need your kidney <laughs> Yeah, what? my kidney's been abused. <laughs> she doesn't need your kidney, yeah. honey. Or my liver. I don't know. Or Susan's well, liver. Know. 
It's all been abused. Well, you know, I only, you know, I only drink, I only drink to excess during presidential debates and since <laughs> election day 2016. So. <laughs> and and that could happen. Maybe you called the therapy. I get it. Heidi, you had a couple of funny stories you wanted to mention. Yeah, I have. I have a couple. Um, so, okay. So first, you guys remember Barney, right? The dinosaur. You know, oh, I sure love do. you. You love me. <laughs> uh, yeah. So color purple right. comes through. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So the actor who plays Barney. He loved me. Charge. His name is David Joyner. Yeah. He charges. He charges female female clients. He calls them goddesses. Dear God. Three hundred and fifty dollars. Three hundred fifty dollars. This is for not three to four bad. hours of ritual bath, oh, chakra balancing, oh. and massage that can lead to wait for it mind blowing orgasms. Is he wearing the costume? <laughs> No, that I I don't I God I hope not. Um, I love you. So I guess he, you love me. <laughs> is that extra? He, he does. So I guess he's now a tantric sex healer. Because he's pansexual, but he's a and sex I, healer. Tantric. Yeah, yeah. He's awesome. Tan. <laughs> so it's, it's tantric, which I've never heard of. Although I You've guess never I heard of really tantric Google sex. Sex. My God. No, I, mean, so I don't know what the hell it is. Well, it's really? Good. So, <laughs> yes. It's, it's so, he, he said that he, he, he uses tantric training to maintain yeah. his energy in the 70 pound Barney costume Damn. during long days of shooting. And so, somehow, that translates into orgasm therapy, or uh, I don't know. Okay. Okay. So, I don't know. I, that, that's that story just kind of made me dirty. The the furries so, gotta get it too. Come on. Oh my God! No furries. That that is as creepy as fucking clowns. I mean, really. Anyway, <laughs> that we can have a, we can have a we can have a show about furries. I'll spend the entire thing going. Wah. So, um, but my my next story. My next story is not as well. I guess it depends on where you fall in the spectrum. So, Heidi New Jersey depends. got what? Heidi said depends. Do my do I make that check payable to Barney? <laughs> After we had that conversation about Barney. Yes, oh God. Really, really. Uh, so, New Jersey Governor Chris Christie left office. I'm sure they were just happier than flies on shit on January 17th of this year. And I'm I don't mind. And he. So he, he, it's an interesting fact, and I thought this was freaking hilarious. He was the first elected governor of New Jersey in decades to leave office without having broken a leg. <laughs> so let me, let me give you a trip down memory lane, shall I? Sure, but Ken hmm. wants me to play this three-second clip. And I don't agree with that because I I'm liked like, Chris Christie. I wanted him to be president instead of Trump. He wasn't that bad. He wasn't the greatest, but he didn't deserve. I'm finished. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. I, I think the fact that he didn't have his leg broken means that he ain't Italian. Oh, okay. <laughs> Y'all got to think about that for a minute. 
Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what that means. He's out there <laughs> pretending like he's Italian, but his leg didn't get broke. He never had a gabagoo sandwich. Gabagoo. Oh, okay. Like, so, like, yeah. okay, this is a yeah, regional thing. Sandwich. I'm thinking, what the? Yeah. I like spaghetti sandwich. It's regional, I'm telling you. I don't uh, think he's Italian. No broken so, leg. No Italian. Boom. Mm-hmm. Oh. <laughs> so, in 1999, then-Governor Christy Todd Whitman broke both bones in her lower leg, right leg, mm. while skiing in Switzerland. Um, and then in 2004, Jim McCready, that's, I believe that was the one who left after a sex scandal, oh. broke his leg after a fall in Cape May. And then in, 20, in 2007... Jim Corzine broke his leg in a car crash. So, but here's the other funny... <laughs> so here's the other funny thing about this. when you break your leg in New Jersey. Boom. So, <laughs> the Democrats, of which McCready and Corzine were Democrats, both broke their left leg, while Christy Todd Whitman, who's a Republican broke her right leg. Mm, that's a lot of breaking. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I just thought it was really kind of funny. And, you know, but not Chris he, Christie. He's like, nope. He didn't no, try hard enough. Probably because, well, he pro- I don't know, he probably doesn't move around enough. Oh. No, that was that. No, that wasn't a joke about his weight. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that he might not have been moving, you know, maybe he was sitting in too many lawn chairs on the beach while you what? the state was, you know. Boom, you got it. He ain't going to break yeah. a leg because he's sitting on the beach. Is it because yeah. he's taking Welcome a to helicopter beach. to his son's game or whatever? Son's <laughs> soccer game? Yes. Yeah. So see? Yeah. That's why. Yeah, that's why. <laughs> so, and then, yeah. So, I guess, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, I, so unlike the two of you, I really kind of despise Chris Christie. So yeah, I think he's just really. Well, well, just like, really well, I, no. I was trying to find a Republican I, mean, I liked, and and I thought like, you know, no. he might be the one. I don't know. No, I mean, so it's hard to so find a Republican. The, okay, I like. I'm a New Yorker. The, one of the reasons Jersey. he's not the one. Yeah. I mean, what is. One of the reasons I don't like because so he he sucked up the Trump, yeah, yeah, for yeah. Months, that was like a, that's horrible, yeah. And, and then then he stands behind him like he's a like he's a hostage video, you know. His thing with the with the bridge, I mean, uh, come on now, that was just ridiculous. Yeah, you know, that was bad. Every time I see him, I just kind of want to punch him in the in the throat. So I mean, that's I didn't just, say he was. Well, a that's good a Republican. really really just... large area to punch. <laughs> Yeah, I, I mean, still, just, just in the throat. I mean, you know. one day I will find a Republican I can stand. Not I can stand. Just to maybe, <laughs> maybe it could happen. Next show, I can give you a couple of names. I have Republicans okay. I can respect. Speaking of shows, I I wanted to do a segment that I call "Pervert on the Payroll," and it oh. goes something like this: Every national chain sounds disgusting. Jack in the Box, Hardee's, The Gap, Jiffy Lube, Dick's, BJ's Wholesale. 
pervert on the payroll is my, the, my business idea, okay? I want, I want to be a consultant and I want to keep businesses and nonprofits. I'll, I'll, I'll offer like a lower price for nonprofits to keep them from <laughs> making stupid mistakes. Anyway, here's the uh, a name of a church that really could have used some input before they chose their name. Uh, this church is in Memphis, Tennessee, and it's called Ram in the Bush Church. Oh, good lord. <laughs> like, who does that? Um, like, people who want a ram in the bush. <laughs> well, I'm looking at a picture of them, uh, and it's like they realize don't. They must be thinking of some sort of a horned creature in a bush. Wait, no, that doesn't make yes, sense either. Um, no. it's, it's, it's in Genesis. It's a. It's <laughs> actually in Genesis. There's a, a ram with its horns caught in a bush. Oh. But still, Ram in the Bush Church. I mean, come on, and and they've got hashtags. Their hashtag is Grind Mode. That that makes me think that this is a very rapey church. A rapey church. Yeah, they must know. It's a nonprofit. They must know what they're doing in Memphis, Tennessee. The people in their church have these T-shirts that say Grind Mode. I, I was thinking they were people who like to have sex with their socks on, but maybe I'm wrong if that's what the shirts they're wearing. Ram in the bush church. Maybe, maybe they like goat cheese. <laughs> what? Ken does not like goat Could cheese. Happen. I know that. Yeah, so that's that's my thing. Like, you know, there are a so lot really of- ram in the bush. Ram in the bush church. Find them on Facebook. Yeah, you can. Dear you God. can. <laughs> <laughs> you can but so they mean, actually exist like they're real yeah it exists people? it's real like you know if anybody had come to uh, me like say I want to start a business I want to call it BJ's BJ's wholesale <laughs> I would be like maybe DJ's or RJ's oh my god or MJ's oh my god but not BJ's or let's <laughs> no. come on not at all. They didn't ask my opinion. <laughs> but that would be, that's my business idea. I'm a consultant that will See? keep you from naming your business something ridiculous. So, Sue, I yep. have a question. Go ahead. Go ahead. A few, a few years ago, we had a place, a restaurant, that was a, a faux restaurant. A faux, faux. yeah. Oh. Like, we've got number one faux in Cleveland. It's very popular. It was, it was literally called faux King. Foking. <laughs> I would say no. And do you know why? Because it sounds I'm like sure fucking. That's what it sounds like. I'm pretty like. sure I do know why. <laughs> but I understand. Like, people of, of other countries, they might be like, yeah, I want to be the faux king. I want to be the king of faux. And I'd be like, I'm yes. So sad. But if you they pronounce that down. differently, it sounds like sexual intercourse. It so was. I would advise you against it. Was it was king. Faux king. And yeah. their pho was so delicious. It was so I loved good. putting it down my throat. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, my, my brother, like, was at the holidays. He was like, look, people in Florida are taking palm trees and just putting all these lights on the palm trees in Florida. <gasps> 
and it just looks like a penis. It's like I would advise <laughs> the city not to do that. Yes. Because it just yeah, those looks ridiculous. <laughs> Did you see them? They're pretty funny. I saw them. I saw some with the white on top, and I saw <laughs> some with the red on top. Yeah. And the red on top looked appropriate. Yeah. I just not sure. Do they know? Do they not know? That's what I like. I could spend hours. Do they know? Do they not know? I don't know. But I wouldn't put a whole bunch of money behind a restaurant called Faux King. I'm telling because you, you can't take grandma. Delicious. You, you can't take grandma to Faux King, though. Did you take grandma to Faux King? Yeah, you can. And grandpa. Because grandpa's going to be like, oh. Yeah. Where are we going? Well, I'm uncomfortable. Yeah, I'm okay. Yeah, I, I couldn't eat like this all the time. Grandpa's not going to But is it a buffet? Is it a buffet? <laughs> it's got to be a buffet. Yeah. I mean, I mean, what do you, I mean, what else, I mean, seriously, what do they, what do they serve at this restaurant? So let's, let's think this through. Like, uh, uh, lady fingers, what, nipple cake? What? Mm-hmm. I mean, yes. <laughs> I mean, I mean, seriously. <laughs> I, I mean, you know, hot dogs. I mean, it's got to be like sausage. There's got to be a lot of sausage at this restaurant, right? No, it's just limp noodles. <laughs> oh, well, see, limp noodles. But I think I think delicious. We are at the point where we're gonna wrap up. Our first podcast? This is number yeah. one. We're number one. Yay. Yay. It's January 24th. In the future, we're going to be like, what happened that day? Wow, that was chaos. Now it's down to a science, but then it was chaos, and that's fine. That's the way it's supposed to be. We should wrap things up. Hey, yeah. Heidi, do you have any final words? I don't know. Scuttlebutt? That's a nice word. I like the word that scuttlebutt. That is a good word. It really was fun doing the first show with everyone. Rain, do you have any final thoughts? Okay, I loved it. Thank you very much, ladies. Come back to uh, Resistor Sisters next week for the music, the beer, the promise of excitement. And that's it. And we will talk to you again next week. Resistor Sisters. Destroying the patriarchy one podcast at a time.